So, hey guys, welcome back to The Backbeat. Today we're chatting to some of the boys from alt-rock band, uh, Melbourne band, Reside. Um, you guys originally formed in 2017, debuted with Closing Doors. Last year you had The Light That You Found, which was sick. Um, and now recently you've released Fallen. Um, we're chatting with Liam and Dylan, so say hello. Hello. G'day. Howdy. <laughs> How's life at the Mo? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've... I've, I've... I think this we've been pretty fortunate with this lockdown. I think we've, it's created a time for us to be really creative without distractions. You know, it's it's been good. I, I've enjoyed getting up pretty much every day and just making music. So I don't know about you. But I've been, yeah, much of the same. I've been chewing into my savings, though, because I got let go at the start of the first lockdown. So Ooh. it's been fine up until now. And now I'm starting to sweat a little bit. So time, yeah. to, time to find a job. <laughs> Sounds about so right. That you guys, um, so here that you guys live together as well, though, so to kind of do a bit of a bit of stuff together yeah exactly so we're pretty fortunate yeah yeah absolutely Alrighty. um so maybe give us a bit of an origin story how did reside come to be well um dylan and i were doing we're doing sort of different musical things at the time you were in jure the metalcore band metalcore band yeah and i, and I was off doing like hip-hop electro sort of stuff um, wow. So we, but we, me and Dylan and, and Ariel had all, we'd all gone. We've been mates since we've been like 12, Yeah, exactly. So. so we've been in high school together. Um, and, you know, we were doing musical stuff, you know, back then. But uh, it wasn't until, yeah, about 2016, 2017, we sort of started. Uh, Four years ago, like today, actually. It was oh, grand, really? Grand final weekend, 2016. Yeah, that was, when oh, we, no way. that was when we actually decided to make it a thing. But it didn't really start out as like an actual serious band, funnily enough. Like I said, we were doing other music things at the time. And so um, we, we just were thinking about making like a little like side project that we would like get together at rehearsal studios and just like we'd cover like our favorite, you know, emo songs, you know, like it would just be like that kind of thing yeah um and and i'd written some i'd written some demos which happened to be some of the songs that made it onto closing doors um and i just i'd recorded these little demos and sent it around to the boys and i was like oh you know like if we wanted to you know practice you know songs that weren't just covers you know that's something we could do but um yeah we we it ended up getting passed around our little our social circle and yeah we sent it to friends who showed it to like other friends and stuff like that yeah and then uh we got asked to play like house party shows um which was pretty fun uh those were like the first gigs we ever played we just played at house shows um i know like our first gig like um another melbourne, melbourne band stuck out were playing that night yeah. um yeah so we'll, we'll um i think parkwood or, or people from parkwood and like all those like yeah, yeah those just, bands like they, they were all there and we just had like these house party shows and then after that i think uh terror were the third band to ask us to play their Wasted ap, days, or, AP yeah launch, back yeah. in 2017 yeah. and uh yeah it's just a kind of snowballed from there and i think with us taking the band more seriously like the uh the music's kind of matured in that way too so it's it's been it's been good process history <laughs> <laughs> beautiful so your latest release was fallen um so maybe if you can chat a little bit what that what's that about um maybe who did the writing on that one if it was collaborative or maybe just just liam or yeah, yeah tell sure. us about that. i mean it's you probably got the two people that could talk the most about the song anyway <laughs> um so yeah the so um that song was written or at least the music was written around the time that the light that you saw dropped the last record and um we, it, 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 I guess it, it, it perfectly encapsulates the like picking up where like the last record um, sort of left off, and so I, uh, I'd, I'd written sort of the the music for this song and. Uh, the lyrics didn't sort of come until about 12 months later when I sort of started thinking a little bit more about like this idea of like how complicated relationships can be, especially when it comes to timing. I think that's kind of ultimately what Fallen is about is it's about time. And, and I, I had this like idea in my head about, I wanted to kind of have this story, um, about like two different people who like never, ever feel the same or what they about each other at the same time it's all like what what would happen and what would that make you question um about like love and and, and life you know and what your beliefs are when mm -hmm. you, you aren't able to kind of 
you know, make something work just because of how complex, you know, com- like contact and communication is. So I wanted to write a song a little bit about that. Um, and what ended up happening was like this little story of like unrequited love and, and, and basically two different people not making time for each other at the same time, like someone putting each other, someone putting themselves out there and, mm-hmm. and you know, not being reciprocated and then vice versa. I thought about that for a lot, long time. Um, Definitely then, been there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's something that we can all They're relatable. Mm-hmm. But it was um, – but it was sort of the first time I hadn't sort of directly written like 100% like from real experience. It was sort of something that I'd, it was an idea that I'd stretched to its, you know, yeah. extreme. So, um, but uh, in terms of the actual arrangement of the the music, um, you know, it's it, I think it also serves as a really great um, placeholder for where, you know, we've been as a band. We kind of felt like we, uh, we, we did the sound that we wanted to with uh, the light that you saw, you know, it's like that real um, alt rock emo kind of inspired music. But um, it, 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 we, we, we kind of want to try and do something different and, and, and go in lots of different places. So I think with, with Fallen, it kind of serves as a really good middle ground for where we want to go and do w- what we want to do, but also sort of still appeal to people that, you know, might, might know us for what we what we've put out in the past so yeah um i, I don't know if you want to speak on like this some of the synth parts that we sort of we, we're really into electronic music so yeah, yeah. i think what, what you said just then pretty much covers it you know like oh we've added some more synth but we're still emo it's okay <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> Exactly. So that's just about everyone at this point. Like we've got Halsey doing stuff with uh, what is it, Machine Gun Kelly and everything. So yes. everyone's we've collabing. That, that album has come up a lot in the last yeah. like yeah. forty-eight hours. Yeah, yeah. we've been yeah. talking about. A lot that. of people have been talking about it. I haven't. I haven't checked out the whole thing, but I've heard a few songs yeah. here and there. I think it's. Co- I think it's cool that that uh, an artist can, you know, reinvent themselves and put out something else. Like I, I always respect um, artists and bands that do it. I might not particularly enjoy the result of it, but 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 I can always appreciate people doing what they want to do and and staying true to that. So for sure, yeah. absolutely. Um, with the the music video for Fallen as well, we've chatted with who was it? Motion Below um, before, and I think they had worked with Liam Davidson as well on their video stuff. Um, along with hey. he's the homie. He's the homie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does a good job. But I've noticed that. This, like the video this time around is very very different to other stuff that I've seen by him. So obviously he has quite a, you know, a wide sort of broad reach um, yeah. in terms of his creativity and things like that. So how is it working with him? He, I mean, like I said, he's the he's he's the, the almost the unofficial official photographer of. He's resides six man. Yeah. yeah. He's in a way so even though like it was a collaboration with him i still sort of feel like it was a very diy project for us because i know we're a very hands-on band we like uh, we like our video content uh, i know ariel's like very much spearheading that area of what we do um but yeah liam's awesome i mean we've i think we've always planned to work with him and he's planned to work with us sort of like we kind of plan to work long term together i think it's a really good relationship the way we you know um uh, spit ideas together so. yeah it's also good having uh, the product of that video was a result of like Liam and Ariel collaborating and uh, I feel like the, the dynamic between those two guys is because I know Liam's very um, you know not only motivated and um, uh, ambitious but like you know he's really really talented so he's got that behind him and then Ariel's got the same sort of thing just in you know they're just at two sides of the same coin they have some pretty different ideas sometimes and so watching them collaborate together can be this really you know like it's so beyond my intelligence level i just see it as this awesome like clash of minds and i'm like here in the stands watching They're just off on the astral plane <laughs> <laughs> i think also like in terms of their like technical ability like we're able to like pitch ideas at them like it the idea for it came from like a lot of different a lot a lot of different talking a lot of meetings and stuff like that um and a lot of different influences but i think the way that we're able to kind of you know pitch these ideas to these two and they they able like they're able to just kind of execute on it in a way that like to me looked exactly how i'd envisioned it when we were planning the video yeah so that's I have to give them massive props for that. Yeah, he seems to be able to do that quite a lot. We heard the same things from Ryan at the motion below. He said he just brought it to life exactly as they needed it. So that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, he's a wizard. He's a wizard. <laughs> I also, I was watching the video itself and 
I, I don't know if this is completely weird or not, but it reminded me of the Upside Down from Stranger Things. Interesting. You're not the first person no? to have said that. That's actually really cool. It wasn't a, a, an influence at all yeah. in our discussions, but it. But I mean, like, strange, the first season of Stranger Things is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um. Well, I can't talk on more than that because I haven't watched the rest of Stranger you Things. Gotta, but, you gotta. Yeah. <laughs> but I. I I, I do think that is a it's a huge compliment to what we like, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight. I'm in same same boat as Liam. Like I've seen the first season and I haven't watched anything past it. It's one of those unfortunate situations where the more the people tell me to do it, the more I like don't <laughs> yeah. want to do it. They're like, oh, you got to watch it. And I'm like, no, I don't. It's that, yeah. that, not watch it. It's that phenomenon of like I want to be the one to discover yeah. the yeah. thing myself. I don't want to be told what to like. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell me that that's good. But I mean, that's that is a really really cool comparison yeah even though it wasn't i think the one of the big things there might be that um we were taking a lot of inspiration from like some more uh 80s like new wave post-punk music videos and some elements yeah uh, i can see that and um the 80s inspiration for stranger things kind of yeah. you know there might just kind of be this venn diagram crossover there yeah. yeah i just remember it like to me i wanted i wanted to do a black and white video because everything else done was like very really colorful, colorful yeah very vibrant, yeah very vibrant and i just thought that w what would be the like the most like the most opposite thing that we could do like yeah let's make a black and white and i just i like have such fondness for you know music videos like fall at your feet by crowded house and mm. and every step you take by the police you know like those really black and white hazy kind of videos and so i wanted to kind of have our take on that but then also you know, we're, we're big fans of like sci-fi. So, you know, um, like Blade Runner 2049 came up, you know, there's doing like the multiple takes and the holographic kind of looking yeah. like effects. Yeah. I think that that was something that we, we really wanted to include. I think like this was like the first music video that if we didn't feel like telling a narrative, but more just expressing an idea or a moment, I yeah. think like we just wanted to kind of enhance it's kind of, it kind of serves as more of like a visualizer than anything. I yeah. think that's, that's something that I really I've, I've been super into lately rather than just like movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just something that looks nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we noticed at the end of the music videos, well, you've got the, the burning Polaroid. It's a picture of you guys. Um, and you've used it on your socials a bit as well. So is that is that alluding to something? Like it's got to be in there for a reason. I mean, look, I could say that <laughs> you could look into that however you want. Um, <laughs> there's definitely some symbolism in in within like that sort of imagery. Um, I, I will also say that we think things look cool sometimes. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's. I think that's a case in which you know like. What would what would be cool? It, I, it also like that idea also kind of came together like accidentally. We were ta we're taking Polaroids just for fun, for the yeah. fun of it, like for like behind the scenes, and um, you know we have a few other plans for them. But um, yeah, we were just taking Polaroids of the the music video shoot, and we uh, we had that photo, and I just like I thought like the idea of us like um, burning like in a in a photograph like as a memory. Like there's something about this. There's something in that that kind of feels like out with the old, in with the new. You know, there's like a chance of rebirth. Mm -hmm. um, so the, burning a photo of an ex. Yeah, <laughs> like so. Um, yeah, I think that there's definitely there's some sim symbolism and messaging there, but I think also like it's just a case of I think it looked cool. <laughs> Sometimes we don't think about this stuff. We're just like that looks cool. Chuck it in. <laughs> <laughs> We've on your social media as well. Um, you guys tend to not take yourselves too seriously. Um, not the typical just like promoting your songs, uh, a lot of skits, a lot of memes. Um, is that something you've just kind of always done for fun, like the little videos? We were having an absolute laugh going through it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Loved it. <laughs> we do the same thing. We'll go through our own videos and we're like, oh, we're pretty funny. We're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, this, from the very start, it's been something that we've done. Like uh, you, as when we first sort of launched our socials, we wanted like a sort of, oh, you know, we'll do an introduction video of us. And we ended up making a bit of joke out of that. And then it's just been kind of this, we like to get together and have a laugh. And there's a lot of, you know, we share a pretty big common sense of humor and a lot of, you know, movie references we drop are all very shared sort of cultural influences for us. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, fun just kind of making jokes and being like, rather than trying to be some super duper serious band, we just be ourselves and let authenticity come across instead. Yeah, I think that was that was the big thing that we discussed when we first started the band was 
like I, I everything that I've done like previously into branding has been one of the hardest things um, and I think this time we we decided to just make ourselves the brand and you know what like com- human, humans are pretty complex things we don't just feel one thing at mm. any given time so you know just because we can write you know pretty heartfelt and emotional music doesn't mean that we can't also you know have a laugh we we like to have fun we're we're pretty happy people a lot of the time so um, i feel like fans really enjoy seeing that kind of stuff as well they're like oh they're real they're real people like we could go and chat to them at a gig and have a laugh it it feeds into like what i ultimately want to do like with reside is in is that kind of make it like a platform like a collective of people that just like to make things like it feeds into our interest of being filmmakers you know we we love that's why we always like do we have a really big hand in creating the videos um both in promotional and in like music videos that you've seen you know it's um we really love making movies and stuff and maybe that might be something that we end up looking into down the track you know but reside the biopic <laughs> but yeah I, I that that's kind of where a lot of that came from it was just like all right people res- like there's no point in trying to be something that we're not let's just be ourselves and that is the brand so to speak it also makes promoting gigs really really easy because we just get in the room and we say all right we got a gig coming up what do we do and then we just sit there and we like bounce jokes off each other and we're like it's and it's just like a writer's room room. and then we yeah and then we come up with a great video idea and we are lucky enough to be a group of you know in a group of people talented enough that all facets of it are covered and we can bring the product forward Mm. and yeah and then sometimes bands come up to us and they're like hey we'd love to play a gig with you guys to get the promo yeah they just want to see what kind of promo we'd make just to yeah yeah we saw we saw the um the wrestling thing with Thornhill and Lucent (laughs) (laughs) which had me cackling but We, um, we just got a random call out from our mates in Loose End. They uh, paid Andrew Gox on Cameo to come out and, you know, be like, oh, listen to the new Loose End track out whatever date. Also, you know, Reside suck. Don't listen to Reside. <laughs> and we were like, okay, that's pretty funny. But also, this, you know, we're not not going to hit back. Yeah. And, you know, they're our mates. So it's like we weren't being serious or anything like that. But we were also like, but we need to make sure we top it tenfold. Yeah. <laughs> There was a lot of talk about um, hiring, like, just a really expensive person. Like, can I say yeah. we wanted to get Akon? We, we, we were prepared to pay, like, upwards of $400, $500 to get Akon to say something just about a local band, and I just thought that would be the biggest flex. But instead we let creativity take over and we did that video. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was much so cheaper. Well. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um <laughs> But no, they're the homies. They're, 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 oh yeah, Lu- Lucinda, absolute jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we. I. It's so. Um, I think in particular the heavier genres, at least within Melbourne, are particularly close knit. Yeah. Well, there's not like. I, I I definitely found that like in times that I've been up like in to Brisbane like for big sound and stuff, you know. Um, it, it's a very small representation of like heavy music, yeah. and um, so I know that when you're a band, a heavy band at Big Sound, you know you you tend to stick close to what feels familiar, yeah. and and that is those close relationships you have with the bands that you meet, you know, playing shows and and making music. So it's also like just lucky for us that a bunch of people that we grew up with and were naturally friends with growing up then end up sort of in bands, and it's kind of like you know these guys, and incidentally they're in a band that in your scene so it's you just kind of have this yeah. really fortunate even if you're not comfortable with other bands in the scene you have a fortunate safety net of friends that you've already made <laughs> so you guys are definitely not um new to beef with other bands we were going through um we came across your your wind waker interview that you guys did with each other and it was freaking hilarious um maybe if you could tell us a little bit about your history with uh with wind waker yeah all right yeah well i uh, <laughs> I used I used to play in that band, yep. uh, yeah. I, and I, I, you know, I, I was a, I, I guess I, I guess I was a bit of a a, a, a writer for that band. Um, but you know, th- those guys are those guys are so great, and um, we we decided that I wasn't able to play in both Reside and Wind Waker um, sustainably. Um, and if I were to stay in the both bands, that it would be a detriment to both both the bands. And I, I certainly owed it to them um, just with, you know, how much I've learned from them and, you know, how much of a big part of, you know, uh, my musical upbringing. 
they you know they were um not why did i say musical upbringing that was silly i meant i meant like in terms of like what i've learned in the last few years um but uh you know so we i i felt i owed it to them to kind of step down just so they could continue doing what they wanted to do but also i i did really want to focus on uh the reside stuff so um but because we're because me and will are really sick humid people we just thought we'd make it a big joke that i was leaving yeah um and so we, I think we made it a bit of a competition in private groups to like make the best memes about it, um, just because you know it's it's content and and rather than making it some you know it is with heavy hearts that I have to leave you know it's <laughs> like who cares I'm a nobody you know what I mean like um, oh, like you're not going to be around yeah exactly if you want to listen to the music I make just you, you know you just follow me so. Um, so, you know, we've kind of just made it that whole joke and uh, I thought, you know, let's uh, why, why not ask some tough questions, you know? Yeah, exactly. there's, there's some low-hanging fruit there and I'm sure they feel the same way. So, um, <laughs> the responses were great. <laughs> yeah. The, the, fun, the fun fact is that um, Will, um, our guitarist, actually was one of the founding members of Wind Waker as well um, and I, I'd played with him many years ago when I first joined Wind Waker. Um, so there's that there's that common relationship there. We're all very close and familiar, and he's actually the one that came up with the Wind Waker name for that band. So, wow. um, yeah. But from my perspective, it's kind of like, well, you know, we had someone that pretty much founded Wind Waker, gave them their name, comes to reside. We have Wind Waker's other ex guitarist and comes to reside. It's you know, Wind Waker, if you're listening to this, when are you guys just going to give up and join Reside? <laughs> <laughs> We've been no. pulled into the beef. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Shit. <An> exclusive. <laughs> we'll have to have something like this happen with um the boys from what we did on the weekend because I'm pretty sure they interviewed Wind Waker or something along those lines. They've done stuff some sort of promo with them. Yeah. All right, yeah, we've got some rival. All right. All right, well, here's what I'm calling. As soon as stage four lockdown <laughs> is done, me, Jesse Crofts, in the octagon. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go five rounds with him, and he's not even going to last three. <laughs> Damn, you hit it, hit it here first, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not weighing in on this. <laughs> I'm not involved. <laughs> no, they're, they're the homies. They're the homies. Yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're really cool guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, on a completely different note, the Glitter Tears. Yes. The gl- <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Where did that start? Why did that start? What is that? Um, I, uh, I, hmm, where do I, where do I start with that? I, I just, I think that, I just really like makeup, to be honest with you. I I I, I want I, I just wanted to wear makeup, and I'd already started dre- like dressing in a way that people were commenting on it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably my like, is it ego or id? Or, I don't know. It's it's like a little part of me that's just sort of like doubling down on it and committing to the whole the whole being outrageous thing. But I, yeah. I to be honest, like a lot of um a lot of artists that I look up to, you know, dabble in the makeup, and I think it's probably just me kind of. You know, part, you know, taking on the torch a little bit and just kind of going for it. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's... It, it's probably, one of those things where it probably doesn't need such a deep symbolism. It's just like, nah, this looks I just, Yeah, I like it. Um, I think it kind of... It sort of sums sums me up a little, or at least like what how people perceive me in Reside. You know, it's sort of like a very flamboyant, emotional person. You know, I, I, if you want to look into it like that, I guess you know, there's the feminine sort of side of me that's the glitter and the makeup, but then there's the you know the the more you know, well, I guess they're, they're all sense. It's all sense. It's sensitivity in a yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I guess that's what it's a symbolism of. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm gonna. Um, I think I'm gonna try on a few more looks when I. I the thing is. It, it started off as Glitter Tears and I was going to try more things, but now there's no more shows. So, oh, so yeah. it's, it's, it's sta- it stayed as tears for the minute. Um, but it was a, it was a decision that, um, that peop- uh, me and the people that um, helped me do my makeup, uh, we decided that we were going to kind of keep with the, the tears for a little bit and then we'd evolve it into something else. Yeah. Maybe some rainbow snot. Or- yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I just, I think it's so cool. And I love that I've, uh, I think I've seen you wearing it for live shows and everything as well. Yeah. I just think it's that's, so sick. 
it's it, I think it's just a part of I guess the my the look that I wanted to go for you know it's mm-hmm. it's uh, colorful fingernails and yeah uh, colorful makeup to go with it with you know hopefully music that will accompany it that is very colorful <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had like a fan rock up to a show with the glitter tears I've, like I've had the crowd I've had a few people rock the it's it's actually it's 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 weird because I don't I don't know I don't consider myself having that much of an effect on people but I do you're a bloody I get, tastemaker I get I get, ta- I get tagged in posts and people are like oh doing like the the Liam Ganane like glitter tears and it's like I can't even claim that like I, I got I got that from Hayley Williams and Robert Smith man like those yeah. are like two people two people that like I looked up look up to so much and yeah um so but it's really nice when I see it like when people rock up to shows and they're doing them they're, they're doing it as well so I, I I'm great makes us feel like kiss like when fans rock up in the makeup yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. um, I've read an interview um you've been described as a fashion forward boundary pushing vocalist and a maybe not so long locked drummer who may end up shirtless does that stay pretty true wow <laughs> who said that yeah That's that like, is so uh, bang on <laughs> it was a interview with alec wilson Oh, <laughs> Alec. Yeah. Yeah. What? That's awesome. Very, that's. Yeah. Wow. I, that, that, that totally. Well, that's that describes what I, I guess we've intended to. I mean, you're not very long locked anymore. No, no. I used to. I used to have hair down to my waist, but I did the uh, greatest shave a couple of years back, so yeah. she's all gone now. Yeah. But um. Yeah, no, and there was like for a good period of my life, not even just at shows that I was playing, but if I was at a gig or at a party, um, and, and you know, Alec had been there on all three of those events, you know, happening separate from each other, uh, there's a good chance that I'd end up shirtless. It's just, <laughs> I was just, I just like to get the rig out. I think most of the time I see you, you're shirtless, especially at shows, yeah. As, yeah, as, as soon as the sun comes out, as soon as we break <laughs> about 25 degrees, you best believe it's at least an unbuttoned Hawaiian. You, you better stay fit, boy. Sorry. You better stay fit. You better not let yourself go. Yeah, yeah I'm actually getting a little bit of the beer gut going on now. So this summer it's going to be a bit of a dad bod. A bit <laughs> of a dad bod. The dad bod. That's yes. it, man. It's it. It's dad bod, it. Absolutely go with it. I got so sad today because I put my skinny jeans on for the first time in months and they are tight. Oh. <laughs> nah, skinny Don't. jeans are in the bin. I was doing a wash the other day and I was like looking for pants that I could wear because they were all filthy because I hadn't done a wash in ages and I find yeah some skinny jeans and I was like I remember them being kind of loose and I was yeah. like yeah these should be all right and I put them on and I'm like oh matey she's, <laughs> she's tight and it was just this really sobering moment of oh god I'm out of shape oh shit <laughs> it's the lockdown curse I think it's happened yeah. to all of us yeah I just like beer <laughs> I, d- I just hope when pe- I hope people realize that when we come back to go and like to play shows that you know, bands are probably not going to look the exact same way as they did yeah. going into lockdown. You know what I mean? Like, you may know the slab where there was no slab before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What a good look. Um, we, another interview that I found as well was you mentioned, I think it was last year, that your favorite show at the time was a gig at Wrangler in Footscray. And they're currently struggling with being rejected from the government funding assistance and things like that, that uh, purely because they don't have a liquor license being an underage venue. So, like, how do you feel about all that? You go eat it. Yeah, I think that's that's actually a really, really detrimental thing on, like, quite a few levels. Um, Them not getting the funding, I mean, is detrimental. because, you know, one, it's an all ages venue and a lot of people start going to gigs when they're like, I started going to gigs when I was 15. A lot of people around that age bracket is kind of when they get interested in music. Mm. And not only does it kind of deter the next generation of gig goers, it deters the next generation of young bands who could play at a venue at Wrangler. It deters actually bands sort of cultivating an all ages fan base. Mm. And it deters kids that might have gone to a gig and thought, yeah, I want to do that. And then thus the next sort of generation yeah. of bands after that. So there's like, a lot of ripple, uh, you know, uh, detriment there. It's a but- there's a butterfly effect, um, mm. and yeah, I, I actually, it, it got. I, we were talking about this a little bit early, uh, earlier this week. Um, yeah, there's something that's kind of just really unsettling about the idea that like you have to sell alcohol at a venue. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be like, like successful. Yeah, exactly. I think like, I think what 
Wrangler, I think Wrangler is one of the like more important venues that we have, um, especially for, you know, local artists and bands that are starting out. And so, um, yeah, if, I don't know if anybody you know sees a petition and 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 has the means to definitely donate and um, yeah they are they are a very important uh, venue and I think it's yeah it's a bit sad that you know we have to have you know capitalize on alcohol just you know in order to have a successful venue so, yeah and it kind yeah. of speaks to the the culture that's expected of the music industry in general like it's 100 yeah, yeah. It, I, th- I can't remember what it was but i saw a post related to this specifically the other day and it was talking about that and how it shouldn't be an expectation that to enjoy yourself no. you have to be intoxicated in some way yeah i mm-hmm. don't yeah i don't i can't say that i've gotten faced at a show um no no. like i mean i know that it's a thing like but Mm. for me like it doesn't stop me from enjoying a show like but you know i i'm I'm also not going to be the person that's like i'm straight i'm not straight edge or anything like that i'd be a hypocrite if i I like beer that doesn't mean that people need to have beers at my shows like i you know in a lot of ways like what's it like sometimes it could be annoying like from an artist perspective anyway like if i want to get people to clap their hands and they got beer like pints in there in one of their hands they're not going to clap so it's going to be very hard to perform yeah. to <laughs> True. also having frequently been the sober guy at the show i can tell you that drunk guys are actually really annoying and that oh. maybe maybe taking the alcohol out of the equation might make for a bit more of an enjoyable time because i remember one time i'm down at Suki lounge and i'm in this uh, green coat that made me look a bit like uh, Liam Gallagher. Some big drunk dude comes up to me, hey, Liam Gallagher. I was like, oh yeah, mate, haha. And he twists his arms around like this, grabs me, flips me upside down and starts shaking me. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. And That's not where I thought that was going. He, he was just... It was just massive. There was nothing I could do about it. He was really drunk, and I was like, "If this guy was sober, he wouldn't be doing this." No. And there's nothing I can do. Oh my god! Oh, the fact that he had the Jesus. dexterity to do that while drunk is impressive. But actually, yeah, you're right. That is impressive. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. He did it more than once. It wasn't a one-off either. He went and he did it again later, and I was like, "Seriously, bro, this again?" <laughs> It really makes you think that maybe the the right people weren't spoken to when they made these decisions. Like they really weren't actually talking to the community um, mm. when they were choosing what venues were getting these supports. They never yeah. do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm definitely I'm more than okay with giving that funding to venues that don't have yeah. alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, maybe on a little bit more of a serious uh, note. So on the that podcast, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> we'll see. Um, okay. So on the podcast, we talk a lot about mental health, um, especially how that affects people in the industry. Um, and if that's something you're comfortable talking to us about, um, is that something you guys have struggled with before? And maybe does that influence your music at all? Um, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're pretty sensitive people, I'd say. Yeah, I think we've, we've I think it, I, I think the, the thing that with Reside that we're, again, I'm very lucky and grateful for is that we never are always, not, no one member is going, like we're not all going through the same thing at the same time. So we've, like, we can be a pretty good support group for each other, I think. Um, but yeah, I think we, yeah, we definitely have, oh, yeah. as we stare longingly into each other's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Having known each other for 12 years now, just kind of like sharing back on yeah, all the shit that's like, wow. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Kind of reminds me. I know we're talking about something very serious, but it kind of reminds no. me of like the Marvel, you know, the Marvel cinematic universe. You know, with uh, yeah, the different heroes. Yeah. It's just all the different memories. Um, <laughs> no, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can do, like. I can't sort of speak on behalf of anyone else in the band. Uh, it's, it's not really my place, but like, um, but yes, we're comfortable talking about mental health. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that answers your question. Um, <laughs> yeah, like something I've definitely struggled with personally. So, it's a it's a big topic. Is there anything specific you'd like a, you'd like us to talk about? Um, do you find that maybe writing writing music, playing music, playing gigs? Yeah. Do you find that like almost a bit a bit therapeutic in a way? Like, does that kind um, of? Yeah, I, I definitely think the music is 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 can be quite cathartic. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it's in, it's what it's like. I know I, I guess I take more of the like the songwriting side of you know the rather than the performance side. The performance side of it to me kind of is is a cool thing because it's like it's this very tribalistic thing where we are all together for one common thing and I kind of like this idea where you know it's maybe these people have heard something in our music that uh you know says something 
you know, it speaks to them in a way that, you know, um, that they, they reflect on it and that, you know, it, it resonates with them that they would come to a show. And it's cool that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a community of people that will all share a space together and, and, and enjoy something um, while also collectively sharing in something that resonates with them. So mm-hmm. um, I do like, I do like that aspect of it, but uh, in terms of the performance side of things, uh, yeah, I, I, I look at like all of the reside releases and to be honest, all the music that I've written ever um, as kind of like journal entries and, and a little like insight into the life of um i mean not not every song is uh i, I you know we had songs in closing doors which were written by other members but i, I know you know after that you know the, I, I spearheaded the last ep it was pretty much a lot about my little journey through mental health and mm. um uh you know coming out the other side of it uh but going forward yeah i guess i, I i'm interested in 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 making people happy with with some happy music um but you know it's it's good to it's good to also acknowledge the 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 darker sides of things as well i don't know if you want to add anything to add oh yeah just i like for me i feel like i can't write about something that i'm going through at the time i feel like if i sit there and i try and like write about something that i'm going through opposite to me (laughs) no i need I need to fully have experienced it and then write in retrospect right. because if I sit there and I'm going through what I'm going through right now, I kind of just run into this wall that I can't climb over. Yeah. So I find writing is like very therapeutic in the sense of like retroactively for me. <laughs> but uh, if I'm like, if something's happening to me, like I've, you know, had an anxiety attack right before playing a set, but playing the set definitely helped me yeah. calm down. Um, You've had a few of those where it was like really hard and then you just through the show yeah i had one panic attack mid mid set and it was awful and i had to try and keep my cool but then even just like play playing the show and having something to focus on really really did help and um yeah so i find like the the playing it's almost like i get that joggers rush like that sort of big uh you know i've spent a lot of energy and i feel a bit better for it so yeah i think they're both therapeutic but are kind of in different ways for me well i suppose Mm -hmm. panic attack itself is like the process of it is that build-up of um what's the word um Adrenaline? Yeah, adrenaline. So so physically exerting that is exactly what's needed in that situation, I guess. Yeah, drumming is, like, perfect for that nearly. Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was just hard. There was a couple of things to focus on, like staying in time with the click track and yeah. then, you know, make sure I don't drop a stick and I was just my heart. I feel like I was going to throw up. But, <laughs> but you did That's it. Crazy yeah, it probably <laughs> happens to so many musicians as well and people have no idea at the time, but it's, it's definitely oh, no, I, common. I, I didn't. I was on stage with him and I didn't know it was happening. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. I sold it. Yeah. It, it ha- and it's happened on multiple occasions. You'll we'll come off stage and you'll you'll be like, oh, man, I like this or this or this happened. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> that might say a little bit more about me and wh- where I like what place I go to internally, like when I'm on stage. But um yeah, I'd, I've never... it always it always makes me feel way better that you don't realize because I'd rather you not realize than be like kind of give me this sort of shallow. Oh, because oh, you because you know I'll it. give you shit about it. No. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> when people are like, you know, oh no, the set was still good. Yeah, I did notice, but the set was still good. I got this internal monologue that's just like, don't you dare patronize me. Yeah. <laughs> That's always the worst. It's like you know, like when when you're in that place where you you sort of you you know that yeah, it's just like you don't you you kind of vacant from these people, even though they're trying to make you feel better. It's like nah, I just need to just wallow in this. Why would you lie to my face? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with um doing all of that and having obviously you've said that you haven't even noticed when that's been happening at the time and things like that. Um when you come out of it and you you are supporting each other otherwise and and saying that you're trying to you'd like to create this sort of community around the band and the the identity of the whole thing itself do you find that your community overall and especially in the heavy music industry is that supportive thing that's needed uh as as, are you saying like as in what we do is needed or is in like do we do do we need it as in a scene as a whole do you find that the community itself is the support that you're, you're finding is necessary. Oh. Uh, I, I, to be honest, I have a, I have a re- I'm really thankful for the, the close circle that I have. You know, the people that are around me are, are, are really great and are always looking out for me. Um, so I, I, but in terms of if, if somebody else, I, I can't speak for everybody. So if somebody else would needed that, I think it's great that we do have a community that people can 
look to. I mean, that's like with anything, I think, you know, any organized group, I think it's really great that some, like people just need to feel belong, like, like they belong, I think at the end of the day. And so, um, yeah, I think it's important to have, to have, you know, support groups like that. I, I mean, me personally, I, I'm, I'm not looking to heavy scene, but that's just because I'm fortunate to have good people around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's, uh, like there's people that I know through the scene and close mates that I consider to be part of my inner circle. And I think the great thing about, uh, what the, you know, what sort of, it's not exclusive to the local music scene, but it exists in the local music scene and what it kind of breeds in there with, with the people that are involved mm. is this, um, uh, this conscious effort to avoid the stigma and to not make it such a taboo to talk about. So it's not necessarily that I look to the music scene for my support, but the music scene actually affects the support that I get within my inner circle in a very positive way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and do you find like going back to the songwriting process and, and pulling from your experiences and things like that, are there any other influences that you find and focus on when you create, like whether it's topics or musicality influences or emotional? Um, the, the way I write music is I, I try to work very quickly and it's very much trying to capture a moment. Mm. Um, it's like I, I I try to make it like as an authentic experience as possible by just like working. Not, and that's not to say that I don't refine or anything like that, but my, my goal is always just kind of capture. Um, I, I want to provoke an emotional response. And so it, it has to feel like it comes from that place. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of how I write, I, I have a little, like I have notes in my phone of like song concepts. So that's usually like the first thing. It's usually like the idea of what I want to say. Um, it's, it's not necessarily lyrics, but it's just more, um, this is a story I want to tell, uh, or this is something that I just want to express. And, and the, and the songs that I like the best of ours are the ones that sort of start one place and they find their conclusion lyrically you know at the end um but uh i like life is the inspiration really like relationships experience like i know that's like the most douchey wankiest (laughs) answer ever but life's a garden dig it yeah I, I honestly can say that that is that is on that is it. I I honestly just trying to capture little moments in my life and share them with people, and um, if they are if they are authentic enough, hopefully they resonate or they they speak to somebody else. Um, because you know we are all we're all just people. Um, but yeah, uh, I I start off with the concept, and then the music is usually built around almost like a soundtrack to that concept, and then that's and then the lyrics come up come up. Ah, they come after that. <laughs> I wish I could speak. <laughs> um, are you the sole lyricist, Liam, or does everyone kind of have a bit of a bit of a say or a bit of editing here and there? I mean, as a band, I don't think we've established that like that's going to be the way it is. It's not but, written down anywhere. But uh, mm-hmm. but it definitely like I definitely would say confidently that I am the primary songwriter for sure. Um, but Dylan's a very close collaborator with me. I think like without him, I wouldn't have some of the ideas um and it's the same with ariel like ariel was responsible for pushing me to write like well it, it sounds like a backhanded thing but like i have i think i went through about five different iterations of that replace me chorus before we actually hit that one and if it wasn't for ariel basically being like not nah, do it again i probably wouldn't have you know like if, without- i feel like what it usually is is that liam will write the skeleton i'll come in and be like great and i'll add a bunch of stuff and ariel will be like nah do that again till it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and you know and 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 so and and sal's written songs as well um he had like we, we've got like a little folder on our in our cloud storage where you know it's called little ditties and it's just like all, all of our like voice memos and ideas kind of get thrown up on there. Um, and then that, like I might, if, if it's an idea that I really like and I can see potential in, then I'll bring it into a session in my home studio and, and then like build the song. Um, mm-hmm. And that's sort of how it's kind of been. Um, but I wouldn't say it's been locked in stone either. You know, there's, mm. there's still plenty of experimentation for the band to do. Um, and that's what's kind of most exciting, I think. Yeah, that's an awesome way to do it. Yeah. 
Um, so going back to the beginning of the year, you guys are actually the Triple J Unearthed winners to, uh, yeah, to, to get a spot on the Unify bill, which is an amazing effort. So congrats on that. Um, tell us about your reaction when you found out. Like, did you feel like you were, did you feel like you were a shoe in for it, or feel were you a bit shocked? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, I, I, so. It, I didn't know. I didn't think we were a shoe in actually, but we did have people telling us like, "Oh, you'll get it, you'll get it, you'll get it," kind of thing. And I was like, "Nah, look, this this person's released this year. This per like all these are, I named all these other bands, and I was like, this absolutely could have been like could be theirs." Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got like these really weird messages. Like my partner messaged me and was just like, "Hey, um, you're gonna get a phone call from a private number." And I was actually at work. I was like, I I, I like I was working in hospitality, and um, I was at work, and I got this. Message message and it was like oh it's a private number make sure you pick up and I was like I didn't even like think about it I was like oh, okay well, sure um and then uh I also got a couple other weird messages as well being like make sure you pick up your phone make sure you pick up I was like okay <laughs> so I get the phone call I'm at work and I, I brush out to the like the, co- the outdoor courtyard area um and yeah and it's Mariel on the phone and he's telling giving me the give me the good word and um yeah, uh, I then uh, sent a message to the band chat um, where you responded to me first and gave me a call also while I was at work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was also at work. I like I'd gone, I'd gone on my lunch break, picked up my phone and seen that I'd had like uh, a couple of missed calls and one was uh, from my friend Kara who is friends with Liam's partner and Liam's partner had been in contact with him trying to be like, make sure you pick up your phone. And so I just, you know, I called her back. I was like, what's up? She's like, I just wanted to know if you had Liam's number. I was like, why do you need Liam's number? And she was saying, well, you know, don't tell him that you know yet. But, and then she told me, and I was eating like lunch outside of this cafe that I was working at. And I just leapt out of my chair and I was like, fuck off. I was like, no way. And like all these people trying to enjoy their lunch were just kind of like, mm. Uh, yeah, and it was like, I, yeah, and then you I, called me, and then all I just hear is <sighs> <laughs> like he's just screaming. Yeah, I was like over the moon. I'd it had been like a big, big bucket list thing for me that I didn't think was achievable in the next yeah, kind of like, yeah, yeah. So it was a huge, huge thing for me, and I absolutely lost my shit. It was like the most excited I've been since I was 12, I think. <laughs> Have you guys been to Unify before, like as punters? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been every year. Yeah, I, I only went, the, my first one was the year before, actually. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I I went that year. Um, so that was my first one. I really, actually, I thought it was, I, I still do, I think it's probably one of my favourite camping festivals, yeah. just in the way that it's set up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've done a few other camping ones and I didn't quite enjoy them as much as I did Unify. So, um yeah, very grateful. Uh, thank you very much, Down Earth, and 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 you. Know, big cheers. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like to actually play like up on a big stage? Is that the is that the biggest stage you've played on so far? Yeah. It was the main stage. Yeah. For reside. For reside. Yeah. 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 Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so surreal as well. There was like that big TV backdrop, and it was just like it, we were like. It just felt like we were punching way above our weight. <laughs> like, you know, I, in this band, we've never played any stage like this. And, uh, yeah, it was super, super cool as the morning began. All of our mates poured out and then just a ra- bunch of random punters while we're playing. And, uh, you know, we experienced a couple of technical difficulties, but we got it yeah, over the I, line. I think uh, overall, like, I think it was like a really big learning experience for the band. Um, we, I think it was just unfortunate circumstances as well. Like, you know, the, with the weather and everything... Um, um, yeah. Like a, a, some of our like prep time got uh, allotted to like virtual sound checks and other mm. bands and stuff like that. You know, like actually, you know, important headlining bands. You know, doing their <laughs> thing. So it's it, it's just a sort of the the like the aim of the game a little bit. And so I, I feel like next time that we get the opportunity to play at a festival again. I, I love playing festivals. I, I think they're, they're so much fun. Um, so when we do get to play another one, I, I think it's we'll, we'll definitely be even more prepared. It was also a big testament to the band, like supporting each other, like what we were talking about before, because I came off stage and because of some of these technical issues, I was feeling a bit down in the dumps. And Will, uh, Will our guitarist, comes up to me and he gives me just exactly what I needed to hear. He was like, oh, look, mate, you'll get that on the big jobs. And I was like, yeah. And he says, and this is the biggest job we've ever had. And I was like, you know what? You're right. We were bound to get it. And instantly mm-hmm. felt better. So that's just, again, reside. Yes. Great support network. Put it in perspective. Yeah. Shout out to Will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Will. Will. Yeah, Will. <laughs> 
We have like a little like Will fan club every at every show. It's so amazing. A bunch of his mates rock up and they just scream, "Yeah, Will!" <laughs> I even get involved to be honest with you. I think it's, it's I think it's sick. so good. It's so good. That's amazing. I wish I had that. <laughs> yeah, Jamil. <laughs> yeah, Jamil. Imagine you be just day to day doing the dishes and your mates just. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like cap that little recording of you saying it just then and just play it over and over. Make it your ringtone so every yes. time you get a message on Facebook, it's just yeah, Jamel. Nah, man, yeah. you're sleeping in the middle of the night, sound asleep, you just hear. <laughs> what the fuck? I just shit myself. Um, <laughs> okay, so I need to calm down now. Um, I have that effect on people. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people have said that I'd be great at like childcare and taking care of kids, but it's because I can't calm them down. I can only ramp them up. You just get really, you get as excited as they do. Yeah. Well, I'd be a terrible dad. <laughs> well, I'm just like I'm a constant neurotic mess. <laughs> um, well, on the line of you know, have is, is the first festival that you had played. For reside, for reside yes. yes, yes, the first festival yeah. we played, yeah. So then along those lines, when everything opens up again, what would be a dream venue to play? Uh, well, uh, you, you go for, do you have an answer for this? Or? The obvious one's Wembley. Yeah, obviously, yeah. 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 <laughs> now, uh, I've actually, I, I played 170 once before, and I actually really want to play there again. Like, I think that's that's probably one of the best stages I've, I've, I've actually played on. I actually would forego a particular venue to play on just like a tour or like yeah. a festival tour or actually like yeah that. i agree I'd, i would forego any venue preference to jump on the road and play a bunch good of things tour good things yeah. tour is the funnest yeah. tour yeah no the good things tour yeah so then right. along those lines as well what would be your dream lineup Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Do we have to be on it? Well, I mean... <laughs> if it's not your dream, I mean, sure. <laughs> oh, man. Carnival. Yeah, Carnival's got to be on that lineup. Yeah, yeah. It's just because it's like one of... They're just one of our favourite bands. Yeah. We love um, it. Yeah, Ian's, Ian's the best. Um, the band that Matt Stone and Trey Parker from South. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I have to say, like, I'd love to have the... I, actually, Splendor's next year's lineup is actually a very me lineup. Yeah. I've, there's a lot of bands, like, to be honest, the sh- like, Gorillas, Tyler the Create, like, and like the Strokes headlining is pretty amazing. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to somehow like get like. I don't know, Tears for Fears or Arctic Monkeys or something like that yeah. as well. Like, that's just a personal thing. Um, I don't know. Um, oh, yeah, there's, there's got to be like a, there's got to be a Frank Ocean set, mm-hmm. I think. This is going to be the most eclectic festival ever. Like, it makes yeah. no no we'll demographical sense. We'll Narky Puppy. Narky <laughs> Puppy's got to be on it as well. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> this is just us. To, it's turned into us just naming bands that we like. Yeah, it's just we're just going to name bands that we like and then afterwards and all of our friends. I somehow yeah. raised Jeff Buckley from the dead. Um, <laughs> Pop, so we can come out with the fucking yeah, IV drip. You know, I might be eight, eight years old, but I still know how to rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god, there's so many. Yeah, there's got to be uh, Childish Gambino said as well. Fuck yeah. Dave Chappelle opening up stand up. Oh my god. Yeah, Dave, Dave Chappelle's got to open it. Yeah. <laughs> He's the keynote speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What would the name of this festival be? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, We're asking the real bit, questions. Uh, there's too many names I can't say. Um, what the world needs now. Yeah, what the world needs now. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Named after Burke Backer. Headliner, but the secret is that it's... Um, it, it's <laughs> I'm like, what is this, an improv show? <laughs> Comedy always comes in threes and threes and threes. <laughs> Uh, so, so what is what's next for Reside? Is there anything you can give us a little sneak peek into? I mean, like, as uh, we've been writing a lot, like this, we've we've been really fortunate just to be able to write this year with no distractions. I'm I'm not working. I'm doing. I got. The, I'm on the JobKeeper. So the old fun employment. Yeah, the old Hell fun employment. Yeah. So, um, we're uh, we're gonna hopefully we're gonna hopefully bring out something next year uh, in the in the early months. Um, and I know that we also want to try and 
have something out a little bit before the end of this year as well. I'm not sure what that is going to be yet, but yeah, we're just kind of experimenting with some stuff. And yeah, fun. like I think like the biggest conclusion that we kind of came to as a band this past year is that we just kind of want to do what we want to do and and prove to a lot of people that we're not just the one thing that people know us for. And mm-hmm. I'd li- I'd really like to expand the the reside platform if you will um to a lot of different things and so yeah um we're gonna ha- we're gonna hopefully have something out before the end of the year but uh yeah something bigger next year yeah you know just like not just music but hopefully we're looking at getting a contract with disney plus for like you know two seasons 12 episodes each <laughs> i'll sign up anything yeah. these days yeah. that sounds promising <laughs> i would watch that <laughs> bloody shame there's some better stuff out there <laughs> Well, you um, also you mentioned that you have a lot of um, like other genre favorites. Yeah. So, yeah. does that sh- should we kind of expect anything like that to play into new stuff? I th- I think so. Yeah, I like. Uh- I, I, I feel like I'm like trying to prepare people a little bit like every time I talk about new music because it's just sort of like yeah it is pretty different from what we've been doing but yep. I, that's why I say like Fallen feels like is a really good like anchor point to like what we've done to kind of where we want to go um, but yeah I, I guess like I've always found major respect to bands that like reinvent themselves and I think I, I'd, li- I'd like Reside to kind of be like that a little bit you know yeah I mean we you know it's boring to write the same album 12 times in a row. So, you know, it'll be good to, if it'll be good to do something different and it's still good music, I think. It was something that um, gave me a lot of anxiety for like ages, like, because I, 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 there was like this weird divide um, in my mind where I was like, artistically, I I know what I want to do, but then there's the other part of me that's like, oh yeah, but like, I don't want to like alienate people or like, I don't want to disappoint anybody. But at the same time, like the conclusion I came to is, nah, fuck it. I'm the artist. I I get to say what our music is, you know, but that, I guess that audience feedback is important too. It it keeps you grounded a little bit and it kind of, you know, keeps kind of places you in, 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 you know, but, uh, yeah, just because it's different doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I I figure, you know, there's still a lot of people who are yet to hear our music anyway that haven't got that history of what we've done mm-hmm. so you know as long as what we're making is good um that's all i can ever ask for you know yeah look at that cat, <laughs> really cute cat. i have to What's hold him because he, it's turmeric oh <laughs> perfect name what an angel he's a he's a main coon so he's a big boy and he has this habit of walking directly on my keyboard and in front of the camera and he was about to so i had to grab him <laughs> oh what a blessing give him a smooch for me i will what a <laughs> risk. Look at- oh my god there's so much cat. that's a long boy <laughs> he's chonky oh, he is <laughs> um Okay, sick. I think that's pretty much everything we've got, but I am hoping ooh, that um, Ophelia got to earlier with the heads up. Um, mm-hmm. We wanted to ask, we ask everyone what your top three Australian acts are at the moment. Okay. And they could be old and new, is that old right? Old and new, just as long as they're Australian. Yeah. Uh, I had to actually, like, I'm glad that we got the heads up on that one because yeah. I We've just... made the mistake before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not telling people. Um yeah, because that's like it's a really hard question, and I have a lot of bands. Um, go, oh, just list them if you want. Go for it. Uh, well, we did, we've been like my list is different to his. Yeah. So yeah. I but I could definitely say we'd agree on Carnival. I think that's definitely yeah. Good. Carnival number one band in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also wasn't sure if we counted Joji as Australian technically because he's born here. He's born here. Yeah. We'll take it. We'll take <laughs> it. Australian. I've been smashing the new album. So yeah. Um, also, Troy Sivan as yes. well. Yes. That's just me. But then I, I can't, you know, there's, there's bands like Diamond Construct who are doing really important things for heavy music. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, it's Oasis, Green Day. And- <laughs> I mean, you are Liam Gallagher. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've definitely got Carnival up the top of that list. Um, and I was thinking a lot about like sort of Australian bands that have influenced me, maybe like Frenzel Rom and stuff, but I kind of whittled it down to, I guess I'd rather just talk about bands that I want to see more music from. Yeah. So the three bands that I kind of want to see more music from are Parkwood, Squid Fishing and Turn South. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Nice. Just not Wind Waker. Society's progressed past the point where we need Wind Waker yeah. music. <laughs> Cancel Wind Waker. Hashtag. <laughs> Cancel culture, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> Will King, meet me outside of Revs. <laughs> Oh, they've opened up. Um, is it Revs that's doing their own record label? <laughs> what? I'm pretty sure it was them. I'm pretty sure it was them. I saw something about them opening a record label. Let me. I need Revolver to. Upstairs Records. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We'll pay you in pingers. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry to like. I just realised that when we've got that next one at three o'clock. Oh shit! Okay. Shit. That's, I, I didn't yeah, mean no to. Worries. That's okay. We wrap up. We've got some thank good Thank you timing. so much for yeah. Thank you so much for chatting with us, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much can't for having wait. us. Yeah, no worries. Can't wait to see what you do next. We'll be at your next gig with our glitter tears. Hundred so. percent. Can't wait. Bless you. Bless you all. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.